will hide am weak but thou art strong Jesus keep me from all wrong and I'll be satisfied as long as I walk below close to thee and just look closer walk with thee Jesus is my plea Daily walking close to Thee Let it be, dear Lord, let it be Through this world of toys and snares Lord, who care And who with me my burden care Number thee, dear Lord Number thee And just a closer walk with thee And grant it Jesus is my plea Daily walking close to Thee Let it be, dear Lord, let it be And when my feeble life is old And time for me will be no more Guide me safely, gently old To thy kingdom, dear Lord To thy shore And just a closer walk with thee Ready, Jesus is my plea Daily walking close to Thee Let it be, dear Lord, let it be Let it be, dear Lord, let it be in his son they called him Jesus he came to love heal and forgive he lived and he died to buy my pardon and empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives because he lives 
touched me. Oh, he touched me. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. And something happened. And Crown. 
in that old rugged cross stained with flood so divine the wondrous beauty I see what was on that old cross Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me so I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for Bibles this morning, go with me to the book of Psalms, Psalms chapter 97, verse 9 and 10. This morning I had sent Brian the, and Skip the, the verses for our sermon this week, but uh, when I gave him the text, I forgot the book. I sent him 97, verse 9 and 10. He's like, we need a book pastor. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm a little tired. We, we were up here last night for a long time, and then I had to take the drums to our drummer's house, and so I didn't get home till really late last night, but I'm here. Hallelujah. I want to begin this morning, first of all, by thanking all you guys for participating in the Pastor Appreciation uh, Week last week with all the cards and the gifts, and thank you all so much. It meant the world to me. I appreciate that. So go with me to Psalms 97, verse 9 and 10. And I think before I read the text this morning, I'm going to just speak a little bit and talk about what God's laid on my heart prior to our text. 
And so this morning, we're going to be looking at two verses, just two. But I believe these two verses that we're going to look at are some verses that you probably have overlooked in the past. Maybe you've never read them or even heard them, but I think that it's a good thing when God gives us scriptures that we've never read before or heard because what it does to me, it gives me something fresh to work with. And I always want to be on my game. I always want to be preaching something fresh. I don't want to get stale up here. I want you guys to get bored with me because I'd hate to look out there and see you nodding off and going to sleep because I remember when I was a boy, the preacher that preached it, his voice never changed. It had one tone. And I mean, I wish I had recordings of that, that preacher because it could really put me out every time. And if I had trouble sleeping at night, I could just turn on that pastor and just that voice, just one tone. And it just, anyway, I don't want to become like that. But, but if I do become boring and you begin to fall asleep, I want to remind you what Jesus said in Mark 14 and 37. The Bible said that Jesus returned and found his disciples sleeping. And he said to Peter, Peter, could you not keep awake for one hour? <laughs> Hallelujah. So uh, ho- hopefully you can stay awake for one hour today. Hallelujah. But these two verses that we're going to look at today have enough power in the revelation behind them to help you to completely, I would say, defeat and overcome your obstacles that you're dealing with in your life because every one of us here today are dealing with something. Can I get an amen? And all those situations that we're dealing with, they come from one problem, and that is the root of evil. If you're dealing with evil, then you have to understand that you have to deal with it, deal with, it with the power of the Holy Spirit. A lot of people, they... They try to live their Christian life, but they're walking in evil at the same time. You cannot walk with the devil and walk with Jesus at the same time. Can I get an amen? But let me just say this. If you're walking in evil and and trying to walk with Christ, always remember that the Holy Spirit is there still with you. The Bible teaches us that that God is is omnipresent. That means he is anywhere at every time, everywhere we go. Now, you may not be tapping into that power source, but the power source is there with you. Amen? Because he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Can I get an amen? David said in Psalms 139, 7 and 8, he said, where can I go from your spirit? And where can I flee from your presence? He said, if, if I send up into heaven, thou art there. And if I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. In other words, no matter where I go, no matter what I'm doing in life, I may not be walking with God, but it doesn't mean that God ain't walking with me. Can I get an amen? Psalms 5 and 4, the Bible says, you are not a God who takes pleasure in evil, and with you the wicked cannot dwell. And so the main key today that you have to remember, if you want this power in your life, you want to overcome evil in your life, the power comes from not just hearing the word, the teaching of the scriptures, the power comes from being obedient 
to watch you here. Are you with me so far? And here's what I found in my own walk with God. I'm fishing to get to my text. I know I'm rambling. But, but I found that, that God has given us this, this, this word of God. It's his precepts. His precepts is basically where we get our word prescription. When you go to the doctor, you go to the doctor because you're, you're dealing with sickness or whatever. And what does he do? He gives us a, a precept, a prescription. And the prescription will do you no good unless you do what it says. Does that make sense? And so in, in the same way, God has given us his precepts, his prescriptions for life. In other words, we're not going to get the benefit of what it, of what it can do in our life unless we do, do what it says to do. Are you with me so far? And when you do what he says, all of a sudden it's like finding treasures in your own backyard. If right now, if we knew that right out there by this big oak tree that years ago some cowboy planted a big old bag of gold, we'd all be out there with a shovel looking for it, wouldn't we? Well, back in about 1974, when I was just a little boy, I remember Dad, he was burying one of his old bird dogs in the backyard. And, 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 and just by digging the hole, he came across this solid gold wedding band. Beautiful. Yeah. Found a piece of gold. And, and I think Mom wore it for, for many. You still have that, Mom? Yeah, she... She wore that, and it was a treasure. It was a blessing. We, we didn't have a whole lot of money and all that, but, but God provided a great treasure for my mom. Hallelujah. But in the same way, the Bible tells us in Matthew 13 and 44, the Bible says the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it again, and in his joy, he went and sold all that he had and bought that field. So I'm asking you right now, would you be willing to give everything you have for the kingdom of God? See, salvation is free. It doesn't cost you a dime. But then reality of it, when you really study the scriptures, it will cost you everything you have. It's free. But it costs you everything because in order to really have it, you got to let go. And the more that you learn to let go of the things in life, the more you find the richer you become in Jesus Christ. Last night, we, we saw Miss Betty. She's out here with her rock on. It was her first rock concert. And I thought to myself, you know, I spent my whole entire life doing that, being part of a rock concert. But, but here's someone coming for her first rock concert. I don't know how old Miss Betty is, but she's been around a few days. Come on, amen. But, but, the, but it's awesome to see someone at, at her age stepping into a new thing. She was happy. She, it was a little loud probably for her. You know, when I went to do some screams, she's probably like, ugh. You know, but... but it was new and it's fresh. And that's what God's trying to show us today, that, that His Word is full of treasures. I'm, I'm, I know I'm just fishing it to my text. But, but anyway, He's saying to us that, you know what, if you'll just take some time and dig in your Bible, He says, I have something special for you every single day. But the treasures cannot be found unless you 
are willing to do what? Dig. And so with that, let's, let's go to our text, wherever it is. Psalms 97. <laughs> Amen. Psalms 97, verse 9 and 10. And once you find your place this morning, please stand for the reading of God's Word. When, when I was saved in, back in 97, I made up my mind that, that I was going to try to read through the Bible. That's a heck of a thing to do, isn't it? It's hard. But I've never read a book anyway, so I figured, why not start with the Bible? At school, I, I pretended I read some books. Did book reports on books I didn't read. I don't know how that happened. I had a lot of girlfriends. <laughs> Help me out. But anyway, but when I was saved, I, I read through the Bible, but I came across Galatians 2.20. And when I found this verse, it, it just, it struck me with so much awe. I was just in awe of what it said. And, 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 and for all the years that I've been saved, this verse has still been my very favorite verse of, of the entire Bible. Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That was a treasure. I mean, even when I read it, I, inside I'm just like tearing up because whew, that verse speaks to me so powerfully. All these years, since 97, I can read it and tear up. That, my friend, is a treasure. Are you with me this morning? Maybe I shouldn't even look at my notes. I just feel like the Holy Spirit is just leading me to just talk. You know, here I am. Psalms 97, verse 9 and 10. If you got your place, say amen. The Bible says, for you, Lord, capital L-O-R-D, for you, Lord, are the most high over all the earth. Stop right there. Genesis 2 and 7. And the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the earth and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life now think about that for just a moment for you lord are the most high over all the does that speak to y'all this morning he's over everything if you're in your entire life he's in control right now are you with me you are exalted Far above all gods, little g-o-d-s, that means the gods of this world. Verse 10, let those who love the Lord hate evil, for he guards the lives of his faithful ones and delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Let us pray. Oh God, in the mighty name of Christ, our Savior Jesus. God, I thank you for this day that you have made. I thank you, Father, for giving me just this opportunity to stand before your people. Lord, when I look across and I see the faces that, that are before me and they'll never understand how much I love them. But I can't understand how 
you can love them so much more than what I do. It just it, it blows me away how much you can love us today. It blows me away that you could give me a message today to speak to your people. I know I say that these are my people, but they're not my people. They're your people. They're your sheep, and, and you have placed me here as the shepherd of this little flock. So I just ask today that you'll help me to lead them to greener pastures and the still waters. And, and just have your way in this service and bless this time in Jesus' name. And God's people said amen and amen. So our text says, for you, Lord, are the most high over all the earth. You are exalted above all gods and let those who love the Lord hate evil. For he guards the life of his faithful ones and delivers them from the hand of the wicked. And so I want to begin with, with some instructions that Paul had, had given to his young ap apprentice, if you would. And, and so it's kind of like me and Alejandro. Paul was a man of God and, and, and Timothy was his follower, he was a young pastor in the word. And so it'd be like me speaking to a young convert here. But listen to what Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 17 through 18. He says, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. And so what Paul is trying to get across to Timothy is that sometimes in life, you will feel that, that, that you're not just in the, the den of lions but sometimes you feel like you're right off in his mouth. And, and to me, that's just getting too close to death. But, but even as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you and I are called not to fear. In other words, even if we get to that place, so many people right now across this world are in a hospital bed dying, hoping for life. But, but um, if you're listening to this program or this, this, this sermon that I'm saying to you personally, it doesn't matter where you are right now. It's never too late for God to deliver you out of the mouth of the devil. Can I get an amen this morning? Now, I want to take the first part of verse 10, and I want to use that as our title today. Our title is simply called, Let Those Who Love the Lord hate evil let those who love the lord hate evil i want you to turn to your neighbor this morning and say neighbor we've got to learn to hate evil the way god hates evil Now, we all have heard how God loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. We've all heard that. Because, you see, sin comes from the root of evil. Can I take my time? 
The Bible says in 1 Peter 3 and 12, for the eyes of the Lord upon the righteous and his ears are attentive to his prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do what is evil. Back at 113, the first part says, your eyes are too pure, O Lord, to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrong. And so like we began earlier, say, listen, if you're going to walk with God, walk with God. Don't walk with God and, and then flirt with evil. Because, see, we, we're living in a society where everybody wants to have one foot in the house of God and one foot house of the world. You, you cannot straddle the fence and have power. Because the moment that you begin walking into the world, you're beginning, you're beginning to give the devil a foothold into, into your life. And the more you walk in the power of the enemy, the less power you will have with God. Now, I'm going to say, if you want real power with God, I'm not even on my notes. I'm just going to speak out of the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to say, if you want some real power with God, then you need to learn to say no. No to what? Let's start with food. Food. We can't live without food. You can't live with food. Because the more food you consume, the more you depend on it. But when you learn to say no to something that you live for, I'm going to tell you, we live for food in America. But when you can say no and you say, you know what, I'm just going to put away my fork and my spoon and my knife for one day. And let me just say this. The moment that you empty yourself of self, all of a sudden you're going to say, you know what? My eyes are beginning to open to some new revelations to the power of God. Now, I'm not looking at my notes. I'm just speaking straight from the Holy Spirit. And he is saying to me right now, we are all about ourselves. And once that we learn to lay down the things that we love so much, that's when God can really begin to pour something into you. Somebody was saying to me just earlier, I think, she had a vision of, of things being placed into a pot, and God's wanting to pour in his power, but, but the pot cannot be really filled up until everything else is removed. Now, now it's making sense to me. Now our text, it begins, for, the, for you, O Lord are the most high over all the earth, for you are exalted far above all gods, all the little gods. And, and so notice that David begins by identifying the God he serves, and not only does he begin identifying the God he serves, he begins by exalting the God he serves. In other words, he, he, he's showing that you have to speak to who it is you're talking to. Because, see, what we're talking about, it, it does not work for Buddha or, or Muhammad or, or Rama or Shiva. It doesn't work for those little gods. But, but this works with the God that is above all other gods. I'm talking about the God who created the heavens and the earth. I'm talking about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm talking about the Father. Are you with me so far? And this is the one that, that David is identifying. And, and when we pray, 
And when we speak to God, we need to identify because if you want his full attention today. So many times when we pray, I pray in in that name. Amen. You, You left it blank. You got a big gathering, everybody's praying, and and I pray in that name. No, no, no. There's one name given to men by which we must be saved. And that's the mighty, powerful name of Jesus Christ. We've got to take that name because there's power in the name of Jesus. If, if, If our country would get back to the name of Jesus. And then all of a sudden we would turn away from our wickedness and turn away from our evil and we get back to the name of Jesus, then you and I would see things change in our life. We would see our world change, our country change. Everything would change if we would just get back to the simple principles and teachings of the Bible about Jesus Christ. There's power in the name. Think about it like this. David is saying like this, you got to identify God because when you identify God, all of a sudden he's, you have his full attention. If you were in a meeting at work and you're in a company and it filled with hundreds of people and all of a sudden the big man got up and he began to talk, but all of a sudden he brought up your name. He calls your name out. And, and, and just think for a minute, how does that make you feel? And, and so-and-so, that they went far and above what we asked them to do, and they pleased the customer, and et cetera, et cetera. And all of a sudden, they, they, they've taken you, and you have become the main focus of the meeting for just a moment. And what I'm saying is, is that we need to take God and, and make him the main focus of our lives. In other words, when we identify him, when we call out his holy name, all of a sudden we're telling him that, that, you know what, I'm not speaking to Muhammad or Allah. I'm not speaking to these little gods. I'm calling on the name. And, and he's given us the password into the heavenlies, into the high places. Come on, amen, the name of Jesus. Because when you call on the name of Jesus, there ain't a devil in hell that can hang on to you. In my personal prayer time, you can't imagine how many prayers that are prayed that you never hear. My wife don't hear them. The church does not hear them. But God hears every single prayer. And so I begin my prayer like this in the morning. I I begin by identifying who it is. I begin a calling on that name. I come before him in the mighty name of Jesus. And the once I say that name, then all of a sudden things begin to come to me. I begin to remind him of, of all that he has accomplished. I remind him of his creation. I remind him of how he sent his only begotten son to save me from my sin. I remind him how awesome he is. I begin to tell him. In other words, I begin bragging about God to God. Think about it like this. 
You can be down and out. And you come home from work stressed out, exhausted. Then all of a sudden your wife says, you know what? I'm so proud of you for how hard you have been working. Then all of a sudden your worst day became worth it. When, when, when you begin to brag on God, what, what happens is, is that the Holy Spirit is saying to me that, that, that you're releasing the, the, the milk from heaven, the, the blessings from heaven. Let me just say it like that. When, when a child is nursing from, from its mother, their, their hands begin to press. Even when you give them the bottle, their, their hands are still in this pressing mode. Because you see, there's something about raising your hands to the Father and calling on that name that, that releases what we, we need. I, I know that sounds crazy, but it's not even on my notes, but I'm just feeling this is what the Spirit is laying on my heart, that, that we need to press. We need to get in that place of, of being hungry again for, for, for things of righteousness and holiness and, and quit being so hungry for the things of this world and quit pressing into this world because this world will leave you empty, dry, and dead. But, but if we can just press into the heavenlies today and press into the things that mean something and we call on that name, the name of Jesus, and we ask the Father, Father, we know that you are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We know that the God we serve is the creator of all things. We know, God, that with you, there, there's nothing that can come against us. And you begin calling on him and you begin to praise him and thank him for what he's done. I can promise you all of a sudden you are stepping into a, a whole different type of realm that you know nothing about right now. But once you get in there, once you get in there, see, see some people may not like my singing or the way I move, but, but you see, I have a heart like David. See, the Bible said that David would, would dance before God's people and he didn't care who looked at him, who watched him, because all of a sudden when you're up here and you may think, well, this is all about you. No, 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 no. You don't know what realm I'm walking in because I know how to press in into the holy of holies and to the place where you, you, you find yourself falling on your knees and you're not worried about how you sound, how you look. All of a sudden, you, all you can care about is pleasing the Father with your worship. Man, I don't even need no paper this morning. All I need is you to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying today. I need my people to get radical about who I am. Hallelujah. So look what David says in Psalms 66 and 3. How does it begin? Say to God. What does it say? Say to God. In other words, you got to tell him how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. That's talking about worship in a new level. 
I'm talking about worship in a way that you've never even... Man, you can be in your car and you can get lost in God and you'll say, whoo, you don't remember going through stoplights. You don't remember what lane you're in. All of a sudden you say, oh my gosh, I could have ran over somebody, didn't even know it. I'm off in worship. Have you ever done that? And you're sitting there, oh my gosh, you start kind of like shaking like, whoo, what happened? That's what I'm talking about, that, that moment of what happened. And, and I think that's where God wants us to go. Not just here. I'm talking about when you and him are alone. And no one hears your prayers. No one sees your time. It's just you and him. And, and I'm wondering how radical, how radical you can get with God. Because he loves radical worship. He loves to see people get lost in him. Where, where, where you don't care how stupid. You, you know, we all played air guitar when nobody's watching. I'm the greatest air guitarist. You all say, man, I can bring it. And you would think I would know what I was doing. I don't know what I'm doing. But when I'm playing air guitar... I feel like I'm in every key. And I'm, and I don't, my strings don't break. But there's no instrument there. It's just, it's make-believe. When we were kids, we had make-believe. We pretend we were astronauts. We pretend we were rock stars. We pretend we were in the army, we pretend we're cowboys and Indians. We pretend we were, we were mothers. We pretend we were making dinner. We made mud pies and we did all this stuff and it wasn't even real. But, but, but to us, it was real because we believed it. If we could, if we could believe it today, if we could believe that, that, that we can get in a place with God that no one can enter but me and the Holy Spirit, if I could just get in that place alone with God and just become a little child once again. See, we're just too grown up. I may be 58-year-old. 50, how old am I? Yeah, 58. But you know what, when I'm in my little lost zone, I'm 16, 17, or 18 until I wake up the next morning going, what the heck did I do? This morning I woke up, the alarm went off, and I was belling hay in my dream. Whew, I had a whole truckload, and I was, I was exhausted, and, and the alarm went off, and I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, I've been working all night. I rocked all night. I'm exhausted. But then I got to thinking, you know what? I don't have to go to the prayer room. I get to. I don't have to go preach today. I get to. If we could get in the attitude and not have to, but get to. I, I get to go to work this week and I get to support my family. I get in the right attitude that it's not about me, but everything I do is glorifying the Father in heaven because I'm doing it not just for my family, I'm doing it for Him. 
And so I work and I worship at the same time. It may be tiring, it may be boring, and I may be sick of it, but listen, if I'm doing it for Jesus, it's worth it. Can I get back to my sermon? <laughs> you know, back in July, God gave us a message in Psalms 101, verse 3 and 4. David said, I will set before my eyes no vile thing that these are faithless men I hate. They, they will not cling to me. And men of perverse heart shall be far from me. I will have nothing to do with evil. That sermon was called, I will have nothing to do with evil. Now here's the strangest thing that has ever happened to me. Monday morning, he gave me the same verse what we just read, in the same exact title. And I walked out, yahoo, I got a good start. And then come lunchtime, I'm going, oh my gosh, I've already preached that. I said, what do I do now? I've been spent a whole morning on the same exact sermon that he gave me before. So obviously, what we read today lines up perfectly what he gave me back then. In other words, God is trying to say something to us. In other words, he's repeating it again. Don't play in the street. Don't get in the mud hole. My mom always said, I get new clothes going into school. Don't play football in your new clothes. Come home and put on your play clothes. What do you do? You come home with grass stains and your shirt torn, and you're trying to justify yourself. Because our nature loves to go against what is good. We love to play in evil. Do you know, for, for the last, I guess, 20 years, I have told people, listen, Christians really have no part of something called Halloween. Oh, it's going to get real quiet now. Because the root of Halloween is what? But no matter how many times I tell you, don't buy your kids the spooky mask. Don't put out candy. Don't do, just, just do something wholesome. But no matter what I say, it's not going to make a difference because I've done bought my costume. I don't got my plans for the party. And we go ahead and we practice evil. So I'm not going to stand up here and tell you don't do it. Because if I do, you're going to do it anyway. Unless you want some power. That's up to you. But as for me and my house, I choose God and his word. Now, my problem is I, I know I want to watch a scary movie come Halloween. And Friday the 13th and Jason and all that stuff is fun. They got a new one out. And I know Chris will see it. And I know it's evil. But my flesh. <laughs> Am I the only one in this building today? Come on, amen. One of our favorite verses of the entire Bible is found in 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, and it talks about leaving evil even though it does not even say the word evil. It says, if my people, 
Who is that? Us. If my people, not, not the world, my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their, there it is. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. Heal the earth. Heal your earth. Heal the land. You want to have that intimate time with God. The only way it's going to happen is you got to leave the devil outside your house. Because when you bring him in and you done bought a, a suit for boo-boo, come on. And you and boo-boo look just identical. You dressed up like two pickles. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> or a hamburger. Or a lobster. I bought... Boo a lobster, he didn't like it. <laughs> but my Bible says in Proverbs 18 and 13, here's the key. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. Something I've learned the hard way is that I, I never really understood that if, if I want God's word to work in my life, I have to make a covenant with myself, with the word. In other words, I have to take the word of God and make a covenant with myself, making a promise to myself that I will not do that any longer. And it seems the harder that I try, the harder that it becomes. The harder that you want to do good, evil's always there with me. So the harder I try, it just seems like the devil turns up the heat. Okay, let's just turn it on up a little bit. And all of a sudden, you're back into the flesh. But the power's in the blood. The Bible says, in him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Ephesians 2.13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. See, here's the problem. The problem is, is that we try to accomplish good, but we practice evil because we've lived in evil so long that we really don't know how to do good. But here's what I've learned about being good. Because that's what we want. I want to be good. I learned to ask God this one question. Lord, give me repentance. A gift. A gift of repentance. I need a gift from you Something that I can't accomplish on my own. Because I'm going to tell you, as a man of God, there's certain things in my life that I have struggled with for over 20 years and could not defeat it. No matter how hard I tried, I could not beat it. You know why? Because I was trying to do it in my own strength and in my own power. But once I surrendered... I surrender and I said, I can't do this. I raise up the flag and said, I can't, I'm defeated. God says, okay, let me see what I can do. And all of a sudden, I turn it over to him 
And all of a sudden, the power's there for me to say no. Quit trying so hard. Let him take care. He said, my yoke is easy. And my burden is, yeah. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Look at it carefully now. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. You mean all I have to do is just surrender and acknowledge the name and trust Him? Oh, yeah. That's the key to living a good life. Because I can promise you leave here today and say, man, I'm going to be good. Okay, let me call you tonight about eight. You done messed good up. Your buddy going to call you and, or someone's going to call you from work. Sammy, we got in a machine broke down. Can't be good at this time. <laughs> Lord, can we hold, pause the good for a moment? I'm going to lose it. If one more machine breaks down and I have to go out of my comfort zone and go up there and plug this and pull that and pour in or whatever I have to do, then I'm, I'm going to lose it. I'm just going to sell it all. <laughs> I don't know who I'm talking to, really. Job said this. How much time I got, Kobe? Job 31 and 1. Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a girl. Now here's the problem. Right now, I'm in a room filled with beautiful women. Yeah, you're beautiful. Every one of you. And so now I, I have a problem because I'm in a room filled with beautiful women. So what do I do? I make a covenant with my eyes. I'm not going to look lustfully at a girl. And so I take the words of what Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 5, 1, 2, the second part. I'm going to read the first part, but it's, verse, it's right at verse 2 that you need to really pay attention. He says, do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father and treat, and, and treat younger men as brothers. Let's just use that treat. And treat older women as mother and treat younger women as sisters with absolute purity. In other words, when I see you, beautiful women, I don't see you the way the world will look at you. I see you as my sisters in Christ. I see you as my mother in Christ. I see you as my, I'm not turned on about my grandmother. She's not here no more. But if she was here, I promise you, I was never turned on about nanny. I'm hot for that lady. No. So if I can get my mind to understand that you and I in the kingdom of God are brothers and sisters, then all of a sudden I can walk in the goodness of God because I'm not tempted with my sister or my mom or my grandmother or my aunt. No. But here's the challenge for men right now. Every man in this room. If the brick house came in, 
You know the one the Commodores wrote about, Brick House? Yeah. Wish I had a bass player right now. If she walked in with a high-cut dress, low-cut blouse, and she walked in right to the front row, then we got another problem. <laughs> Come on, amen. Yes, we, we struggle, but, but then, then I have to remind myself of what Jesus said because it, it, also I'm having a tough time seeing this girl as my sister. Come on, amen. Anybody with me? So Jesus reminds me, Matthew 5, 27 through 29, he said, you have heard that it said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, if you look at a woman lustfully, you've already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out, throw it away. It's better to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go to hell. And so if she does come in here, please don't make me go to her and tell her it's time for you to leave until you learn how to dress like a woman. Because you don't walk into the house of God to cause men to fall into evil intent. Because what happens is, is that she's bringing all the attention to herself. And I can promise you, when she looked in the mirror, that was her whole intention. To cause men to lust at her. Her intentions are Evil And guess what? She will have to pay for that. Because Jesus tells us in Matthew 18 and 6, he says, if anyone causes one of these little ones of mine who believe in me to stumble, it'd be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be thrown into the depths of the sea. If you come in here and you cause the men of this church today to stumble, I can promise you, you will be held accountable. You may feel sexy and hot, but let me tell you, young lady, you need to keep it covered up. Hallelujah. Because children of God do not dress evil. We don't dress like the world. I'm closing with this. 1 John 5, 19. John says, we know that we are the children of God and the whole world is under the control of the evil one. And so we have to determine in our life today who is in control of my life. Am I going to let the devil control me? Am I going to let the world control me? Or am I going to just say, you know what, God? I give you the reins of my life and just please, I surrender. I trust you. Now control me because I'm a mess. And then you find yourself walking in victory. Here's our main problem. Everybody in this room right now, we got a problem with this thing in our, our mouth. Yeah, that little red devil behind the pearly gates. Yeah. He's our main problem. Because we deal with something called vain imagination. And what that means is that something that's not even happening 
comes into your mind that it's really happening and you're talking to somebody about it as though it's happening. We talk about our neighbors, the ones that we're called to love, but our little red devil behind the party. We need to give God our tongues. I think it was James said, how can you praise God whom you can't see and you can't love your neighbor who you can see? With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praises and curses. My brother, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? Can, can a fig tree bear olive or a grapevine bear, bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Your flesh cannot produce good. But the Spirit of God through you can accomplish God's will. That's called a surrendered life. Can I close with this? I'm trying to close. 3 John 1.11. Dear friends, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. What are we going to imitate? Who are we trying to be like? The world or the great men and women of God who were before us? Last week I asked Kristen, did, did I do okay on my preaching? She says, you know what? It was kind of like seeing a glimpse of Billy Graham in you. And that's all I've been listening to for the last month or so, maybe six weeks. Every day, Billy Graham. I wake up, Billy Graham. I'm not trying to be Billy Graham. I'm trying to imitate a true man of God. One that they can't nail him down with anything wrong. You want to be like somebody great, find you some great leader and try to imitate their life. We can't see Jesus, even though the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, follow my examples. I follow the example of Christ. Well, if you can't find a great example, then look at Jesus. Study his life. Hmm. He went to the people who the world hated. My Bible says to be basically humble. Humble yourself and, and do not be too proud to associate with people of low position. Yesterday I was at the, the the Roy City, what is it? The Fair Fest, whatever, Oktoberfest. And so I'm trying to pass out flyers for the concert, but then I see this man and his wife, and they were crusty. And I mean, you know, grungy, kind of dirty, not shaven, just they look rough. And I thought to myself, am I going to try to find the pretty people? I want the cool-looking people. I want, the no. I got to love this guy as much as I love this woman or whatever. Because every one of us has that spirit of judging as though we're better than somebody else. That don't work. Because the moment that we start thinking that we're better than others, all of a sudden we're out of the spirit of God, we're in the flesh. And God will not dwell in that. He's there. But he's not going to move by his power until we can let go of the flesh. Let's all stand. I'm not even going to read the last.
Maybe I'll keep this part for our sermon next week or when I come back, if I come back. Pastor, why do you go on survival anyway in the middle of nowhere with nothing? I want to know who Jehovah Jireh really is. Lord, your word says that you're Jehovah Jireh. That means you provide my meat, my bread, and my water. I'm hungry. And a lot of times he said, well, maybe you need to just spend time eating on my flesh, my word. Meditate on me and fill up on me first. Then I'll give you a possum. <laughs> or I'll give you a, a, a snake or... You know what, you, you guys don't know what hunger is, but when you get hungry, you know what, raccoon is delicious. You catch him in your trap and he's looking at you like, please don't see me. I'm like, yeah, I see you. And you're going to be on my, <laughs> under my coals here in a few minutes. Not always. I usually catch an ugly turtle. Kristen makes fun of me, says, you can't catch fish, you catch turtles. I say, I know it. But I trust him. I trust God today. Even with that sermon, I don't, I don't even know what I preached today. I can't even tell you what I said. I had it all planned out. It was on paper, but, but God... And I hope that whatever the Holy Spirit said today, that, that it touched somebody somewhere in their heart. Because if I'm up here just trying to please you guys with something I can come up with, we missed church altogether. But, but I'm feeling right now that the Holy Spirit saying that the main part that grabbed you was that intimate, quiet time along with God. Let's go there right now. I want you to clear your mind right now. Quit thinking about Denny's or whatever you're thinking about right now. Get that out of your mind, Dave. Quit thinking about your sandwich. It'll wait. <laughs> I want you to clear your mind about that job on your computer that's driving you crazy. You can't get it worked out. I'm, I'm, I want you to clear your mind of your boss. Clear your mind of your bills. Clear your mind of everything. Let it all fall off. Until your mind is completely empty. And once it's empty, God says, now, can I come in? Can I fill you from top to bottom with my power and my glory? Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. I want you right now, just let him in. Just let Jesus in. If you've never been saved, right now I ask you to just come forth. Let's get you right with God because you don't know what tomorrow brings, if tomorrow even comes. If you need prayer, you can come up here. I'll pray for you. But I pray right now in the name of Jesus for God's people. Lord, their minds are clear. Their hearts are empty right now. Lord, fill them with the power of the living God. Lord, let them step into that place where it's just you 
in them. I, I want you to, to speak to the young ladies right now. I want you to remind them that when they danced with their daddy and they stood on their feet. Lord, we just step on your shoes right now. We're, we're just dancing in the spirit with you right now. Just holding on to you because we trust you, God. Lord, when, when I was a boy, I remember when I was scared and going into the ocean, I, I, did, I couldn't swim, and so I just wrapped myself so closely to my dad. I was suffocating him. I was so close. Lord, I'm that child right now going into the ocean, and I can't swim, and I'm holding on to you right now with all that I have. Please don't let me go. That's what you want, isn't it, God? You want us to cling to you to hold on to you, to dance with you, to love you, and to worship you. And we do that right now in the Spirit, Lord. We just praise you for what you're doing even now in this service. Lord, as we leave today, let us keep, keep our hearts right before you because I'm not going to try to be good no more, Lord. I'm going to let you do that. I'm just going to trust you. And I believe by faith, good fruits will come forth out of my life. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And God's people said amen. Amen. You guys have a blessed week.